0: On the
1: You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagrew, and Jack Wright. Bear Down Chicago podcast.
2: Yeah,
0: we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host today. You are not hearing Ryan Dangle. I am your host today, Logan Bradley. You can find me at Bear Down Bradley, and I promise you I am going to do everything in my power to not screw this up. To to make the boys proud today and to have a good time, I think we got uh, we got a fun a fun thing here at the end of the show that we're gonna do. But as always, my first time doing that, so I shouldn't say as always. I'm going to introduce my fellow podcasters here. And while I introduce them because it's my takeover and I feel like nobody else has really done a good job of really like making the whole show like about themselves and like taking their ego and putting into it. I'm going to introduce you and uh, I'm going to have to have you say something nice about about me and then specifically Patrick Sheldon, Ryan Dangle uh, and uh, say something nice about the White Sox, I guess. More so. So first, Ryan Dangle, your usual host. He's he's assuming a different position today. At Ryan Dangle, you can find him on Twitter. Ryan, go for it. Something quick.
3: They uh, play on the south side of Chicago, and their manager.
0: Careful. Stayed awake.
3: He stayed awake.
0: Okay. Stayed okay. Awake. We'll take it. We, we will take it. All right. Next, we got Jack Wright. You can find him at Bear Down Jack.
1: I find your facial hair to be especially visually pleasing. Okay. It's full uh, and lush.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That counts. Okay. So, again, uh, next we easy. have. It is. It Please. is. Next we have Patrick Sheldon. You can find him at P underscore shells. So you can read on Dewindy city. FS shells. What do you got? What do you got for me?
4: I like, I like your quick wit. I think you got the quickest wit on the pod. Quickest draw. Thank
0: you. The quickest draw west of the Mississippi. I'll give you that. Thank you. Now, quickly, White Sox, give me one thing. Just one thing to make the me The most, most well-rested team in Major League Baseball. Ah, uh, yes. You are not wrong. You are not wrong. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Brendan Chagru, who you can find at Brendan Chagru. He is an assistant editor of the Bears Wire and is always bringing you all the great content. Brendan, what do you have? I'm going to
2: have mine, and I'm going to give you a two-for-one special here. I love your mustache so much. Every time I see Dylan Cease on my television when White oh. Sox games are on, I always think of you. And that is the honest to God's truth. And that I, miss means, I wish he was
0: on the Cubs. That means a lot to me because Dylan Cease does have a phenomenal, phenomenal mustache.
3: D- does Logan bring the whole podcast like down a full octave in terms of his voice? Like you can just...
0: You it's know? true. That's and bit. that's why, like, I'm trying through this podcast to not be as low, but I'm realizing quickly that it's this is just what it is. We have what we have. And I'll lean into it, man. It's good. I mm-hmm. okay. Okay. love it. Okay, I will.
4: Yeah. See, I'm in a, like a pickle because I've got a face for radio, but I don't have a voice for
3: radio. So I don't know <laughs> what the opposite of that is. But
4: me too. <laughs> you know,
3: I'm like, <laughs> we we can't all be Jack Wright. That's right. That's
0: right. No, we cannot. No, we cannot.
3: Are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicago land area? If so, please reach out to our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Jeff is amazing. Jeff is the kind of guy that no matter who you are, you're going to get along with him. He is, he's an avid golfer. He's a great guy, whatever it is. And if you're thinking about buying or selling a home, reach out to him, genevajeff.com or give him a call, give him a text 630-254-4734. He's just he's the absolute best. Jeff Kedwalder with App Properties. He knows that you're looking for someone with experience. He's making it happen for his buyers. He's using proving tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. and it is not about paying the highest price. And with all that's going on with inflation and all that other stuff, you want to reach out to Jeff. If you do reach out to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello.
2: Guys, it's such a great time of the year. I mean, we're officially in August. It's training camp. it's preseason. And for football fans, thankfully, that doesn't mean cuts yet. We're not going to see cuts from any roster. The only cuts that we need to see right now are haircuts. And for the best haircut, you guys need to go to Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers, and they're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Visit sheridansbarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern.
0: All right, before we get into Brendan and Jack's experience at camp this week, we do have some housekeeping to take care of. And unfortunately, some of that housekeeping is about some Chicago Bears players getting injured and um, some really key ones, I guess, if you could say that. So Byron Pringle has a quad injury, no timetable for return. And the bigger one, Nikhil Harry, a high ankle sprain, which according to sources now seems severe. So he could be out from, it seems like anywhere, what, one to two months, which I would assume puts his roster spot in a a precarious situation as it is. So on some reps during camp yesterday, you had guys like Chris Fink, if that's how you say his name, Simba Webster and Isaiah Coulter as field's top options in the passing game. You don't have to be a Bears expert to know that that is not a good thing. So what I ask you guys is, Tell me how much Bears fans should be panicking about the already thin wide receiver corps potentially losing two of their top three receivers for a period of time. And do you think anybody will be added in their absence at all? Um, we will go the former host, Ryan Dangle. We will go Brendan Schgru, Patrick Sheldon, and Jack Wright. So, watching K- Kevin
3: Fishbane's tweet that Nikhil Harry, v- Valus Jones, Byron Pringle, Dante Pettis, that all those guys are out for any amount of time when they're supposed to be developing chemistry with their quarterback. Like it's a it's a really important time for for this this whole thing to be kind of coming together and so yeah it has me it has me really worried I always I already thought this this receiving core was already a bit thin to begin with um, I, I think you have to bring in somebody uh, you know I know Odell Beckham Jr. is a name that's been kind of thrown around a lot I don't know how I feel about that one in particular but I think at this point you need to bring in some kind of veteran just to see what they've got but it, it, it sucks because you're installing this new out- offense and there's no chemistry that's going to be developed right now as this is happening.
2: Odell's name being brought up is just weird because he's probably not going to be ready to go until like mid to late October at the earliest. I mean, he tore his ACL in the super bowl. I mean, there's a lot of these guys, they're not superheroes where they're going to bounce back from that. And he's already had ACL injuries, but I'll start with your second question, Logan. Yeah. I think they should bring somebody in uh, with Nikhil Harry, probably going to miss uh, potentially some regular season time. If he, even makes the team um, on Twitter. I throw out the possibility that if his ankle injury is severe enough, maybe they put him on the final roster, but then uh, put him on injured reserve. Which and this this is new. I actually didn't realize this. Um, instead of three games over the last two years, um, you now have to miss four games on injured reserve. So that would put him out until October. I'm not. So I'm I'm concerned about Nikhil Harry, and it's going to be interesting because Polls did surrender a pick. We'll see how much, how tied he is to him. Um, And Pringle, I'm really not sure how severe that's going to be. They say it's, he's probably going to be okay for the regular season. But I mean, Ryan, you said it like all these guys are new. You have to develop this chemistry and especially with somebody like Byron Pringle, he's supposed to be somebody that you've, you've been counting on since you signed him in March. So I do. Yeah. I do expect them to bring somebody in at some point. And yeah, at this point it's concerning. Yeah, I I think concerning is a good word. I'm not going
4: to panic yet for a couple of reasons because I agree. I think they're going to bring somebody else in. Uh, But I also am kind of an optimist this year for some unknown reason. And I think it's going to give some of these other guys who have had some moments in camp an opportunity, like maybe a Daz Newsome or Tajay Sharp or Dante Pettis. Uh, who have flashed at times that may get a, a better opportunity. Maybe it's it's an opportunity for one of them to step up and take this role. Uh, but I do think he's going to bring somebody in um, at some point. You know, he showed that we we preached patience for a while on this pod about the offensive line. People got worried, people panicked, and he solidified it with Schofield and Reeve. So I think I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to sit back and and not do something to address the need if it's there. The other reason I'm not panicked yet is. I really do think that the offense is going to lean heavily, very heavily, on the run this year, and that's going to open up passing options. I know I haven't been the biggest fan of Komet this year, but I think he's going to be featured in that offense the way they plan on running it. So he's still uh, healthy, knock on wood, right? So I think he's still a viable option. Darnell Mooney's been killing it in camp. Uh, Equinemius Saint Brown has been emerging, and Fields has called him, you know, one of his one of the targets he's building the most rapport with. So that's, you know, potentially three decent options. Plus, again, I think they're going to lean pretty heavily on the run game.
1: Did I just hear what I thought I heard? From? Yes. Right. He didn't say
2: he was oh, good, wow. though. He just said he would be leaning. <laughs> he, yeah, he is a one body. You chose your words carefully there.
4: <laughs> I have. And I, I've said for a while, if we can get something in the neighborhood of Kyle Rudolph-like production from Cole Komet, I'll be happy. That's, what, that's all I want. I'm not – look – I'm you're kidding yourself if you think he's gonna be a George Kittle type or a Travis Kelsey type. He never was going to be. But, um he can be a very good, serviceable tight end, but he's gotta he's gotta be more effective in the red zone, red zone. I know Clay Harbor said it. We've been saying it for a while. He has to be more impactful in the red zone. He can he can be an outlet, he can be, you know, somebody who leaks out and lowers his head and gets a first down. That's terrific but at some point you need your second round tight end to make some plays in the end zone. And that's where he's kind of fell short, in my opinion, so far in his career, but um, maybe he turns that around this year.
1: He's had a nice camp so far when you're looking at specifically looking at trying to develop, you know, that bromance that needs to happen, <laughs> that chemistry clearly that's happened, you know, over the summer with uh, Justin Fields and, and Cole come man, I th- you're smart. And I think I wish I wouldn't have followed you actually shells. Cause I, I mean, I think that's what I was going to say. You still got Mooney, you still have ESP, and you still have Kamat. Now, it was a weak room to begin. And so, yeah, that's a little bit alarming that you're starting to see guys go down specifically in that particular area. The one thing I mentioned to Brendan uh, you know, at camp is I do think this roster is not so top-heavy. And so I do think there's a little bit more talent throughout. Although I think some of those wide receivers were probably slated to be special teams guys. So whether or not they can fill some of the voids that we're looking at here is going to be a a huge question mark.
0: My first time hosting the podcast, and I feel like I almost had to break up a fight talking about Cole Komet there for a second, but... Yeah, well, it's just at some point we talk about how guys have opportunities because if a guy, it's natural, it's what happens in sports. If a guy goes down, the next guy has an opportunity, and it's just the names that start to pop up as, like, here's the next guy is the opportunity. Ooh, it's, it's just getting more thin and more thin, so looking kind of scary. But talking about bringing in new guys, this past week the Bears did uh, announce a Host of signings, which included cornerback Devonte Harris, who was a 2018 fifth round pick from the Bengals, defensive lineman Trayvon Coley, linebacker Demarcus Gates, who actually I got to see a lot uh, watching the USFL this past year. He won a championship with the Birmingham Stallions. Funny thing, he was actually a guy who he would play with a a floss pick in his mouth all the time, which was. Seemed dangerous because I feel like you'd swallow that or there's at least potential of that. But nonetheless, I think a very talented player. Uh, They also signed linebacker Javen White, who played with the Raiders in 2020. So I guess my question is, you know, none of those are huge names. Do you guys see any potential contributors amongst this group? Or do you think the signing of a few extra linebackers signals anything at all about what is maybe going on with Roquan or something else with the defense? So for this one, we will go Shells, Brendan, Dangle, and Jack. Unfortunately, you're going last again.
4: Uh, Logan, honestly... All I can think about is a perfect nickname for Demarcus Gates and it's uh dental fluce If he somehow makes the team, um, I'm gonna patent and copyright that and I'm gonna put on t-shirts and I'm gonna make like a dollar fifty and it's <laughs> gonna be awesome. But uh no, I think it's just camp bodies. I think it's some depth. I don't think it signals anything, and I'd be surprised if any of them made the team. Uh,
3: but outside hope that he does make the team because that that nickname is just too good to pass up. So I'm going to skip over Brendan, who's having quick technical difficulties. Uh, I, I tend to agree with with Sheldon. Sheldon is a really, really smart guy in, in a lot of senses. Not necessarily when it comes to food or Cole Komet takes, but <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I think the thing that 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 gets me is it continues the trend that we see with polls, which is play or or your cut. So, you know, there there's there's an opportunity for these guys to play. There's an opportunity for them for show what they're doing. But for the most part, I would agree. They are camp bodies with an opportunity to prove that they are something more.
1: I would agree. You know, you talk about, again, trying to develop a team who is a part of the system. And I've just really been thinking a lot about that this week. I, it was an interview on 670, the score, where they were talking about the Denver Broncos offensive line and how, there were a couple players who ended up you know, making Denver's starting roster off the practice squad, but that was only because they were on the practice squad and were so ingrained in the system that they actually had a shot then to begin to play. So I started thinking about some of these O-linemen that we've recently signed or some of the people that you just mentioned, Logan. I just think to myself, okay. What are the chances that these these guys specifically are going to have a major impact immediately? I don't see any immediacy necessarily, unless the talent's just off the charts, in which case that you know basically trumps anything that might you know be system related. So I, ultimately, I think there's going to be people that get dinged up a little bit, uh, you know, in practice, and so you're going to need more bodies. I don't think it has anything to do with row. I think I think. The row situation will work itself out and we'll be a little bit glad that he's got fresh legs. I'm thinking maybe it, it kind of works to the benefit of the Bears in that he's not getting dinged up. He's not getting banged up right now. And maybe we get a little bit more performance from him during the season.
4: Yeah, Jack, those are tremendous points. And it reminded me of something that we've talked about a lot in this pod about fluce and that staff being teachers. And so to your point, you know, you wonder if, they see something, they see a trait or they see a skill or an ability that maybe they think that they can work with um, and develop. Maybe they think there's untapped potential in some of these signings. So, you know, I, I, I dismissed it out of hand pretty quickly, but maybe, you know, these guys, knowing that they can teach pretty well. Uh, and we've heard that throughout camp from the players about how much different this staff is the Nagy, how they work on things, which is like mind blowing that you would work on stuff mm-hmm. um, that you might do in a game, bananas, right? Uh, but maybe maybe they find guys and they say, look, that's that's untapped talent that I may be able to work with. And and maybe it's just a lottery ticket. Maybe he turns into nothing at all. But like you said, maybe you find a couple of guys in the practice squad that end up being uh, contributors on your offensive line or elsewhere. Um, who knows?
0: Yeah, I think you guys have covered it. It's nothing that is crazy. It is a team with a bunch of young, unproven individuals. I think every team in the NFL at this point is taking in bodies, is signing random guys. But You hope they come in, you hope they play hard, and you just kind of see what happens from there. But speaking of camp, as I mentioned earlier, we did have our very own Jack and Brendan Chagru out there this week at camp. So, Jack, why don't you start us off? What were kind of some of your impressions of the feel of camp? Were there some people that stood out to you? Um, Did you run into any listeners, any, any fellow Bears podcasters as well?
1: It's a great day. Uh, many thanks to Brendan for asking me to go. He hit an extra ticket and uh, and invited me to go. So I'm very appreciative of that. I, I will just say this: I've been to a lot of camps, from Platteville to Bourbonnais to now Lake Forest. Bears do camp right. It's fan friendly. They make it really great for the kids. It's a good vibe. It's fun. It's efficient. I don't have a lot of complaints. They, I mean, the tickets are free. That's pretty cool. I mean. For a lot of the criticisms that we can levy against the Bears, I do feel like they do a nice job with camp. I do think they ought to start streaming it, and they should probably bail on the on the no video rule. I think that's a bit archaic and and ridiculous, to be honest. It's not like you can't find the footage you're looking for. It's not like they're reinventing the wheel, and people are going to be like, Oh my gosh, they just revealed a new formation and set that no one's ever seen in the NFL ever before. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, as far as practice, I, I tweeted a little bit about it. I was impressed. Uh, it was very efficient. It felt like there was a greater sense of urgency. I saw guys, I always think it's interesting to watch uh, when the horn blows and players move from drill to drill, how that goes. It seems like a simple thing, but when there's a, when there's a there's some hustle between drills that looks to me like we're here to get something done today. Uh, I just sat and watched the defensive backs drilling because they were in front of me. And I thought that it was just a great set, a great individual set with the safeties on one side, working on strip drills, stripping the ball, I should say. And then on the other side of the corners, uh, we're working on wide receiver jams, cover one press releases. And they were moving. I mean, even when, they needed more reps they had coaches that would jump in and and you know play running back or play wide receiver just just so that when somebody's rep came up there was a rep to be had not a lot of standing around i was that part of it i thought was really really great um but i would i would say it, it was a little bit pedestrian uh th- there wasn't a lot of wow moments i remember distinctly messaging dangle when i went to see mitch in camp i believe it was the 2019 year when everybody thought it was going to be outstanding and i messaged you know ryan and a couple other friends and i was like dudes there's no wow factor there hasn't been a single moment where i've been like my head turned and i was like that's freaking qb1 right there that's qb1 and he is a beast none of those moments
3: really necessarily um I know you oh, that, hate it, Jack. I know you hate him, but like when we would watch Jay Cutler throw the ball at camp, like dude had a cannon for for an Definitely. arm, and just every once in a while you'd be like, how does how did that dude throw that yes. ball? Right, and you were
1: talking about, you know, earlier you were just talking a little bit about Komet getting into the end zone and red zone. Well, let's face it, like the whole the whole offense <laughs> needs to find the red zone, you know. And it wasn't like there was this like. You know, just proficient scoring happening. You know, throughout camp. But again, it's it's camp, and not all the drills are fully live, and you're not taking people to the ground. And you know, so so you know, I thought Justin Fields looked good. I thought the work they've been doing on his mechanics clearly showed um, is much more efficient. I saw quarterback coaches. We were talking about that too. As he finished a set. The quarter, you know, QB coach came over to him immediately and they talked. I mean, they just and they were walking through skills and drills and talking about the last set and how they could improve. Thought it was cool that every time I looked for fluce, he was right to the right of Justin Fields. I thought, well, that's kind of cool, right? You, you ought to have a good relationship between your head coach and 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 QB one. Um saw Peggy Kaczynski, saw Hub Arkish, saw Did you Mark see Cody. What's that?
2: Where did you see Peggy? I didn't I'm see pretty
1: Peggy. sure she walked by right in front of us. And I almost said, Peggy, because she asked a great question that day about uh, about the psychedelics. And uh, Aaron Rodgers oh, yeah. asked Getzy <laughs> if he had ever been invited. And uh, she she won the day with that question. Um, and I saw Brendan uh, there. And
2: uh, he's one of the most famous podcasters that I know. So that was
1: really That's cool.
0: That's
1: what I
2: hear. Yeah. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so, so Jack uh, really covered a lot of what I was going to say. And honestly, you're, you're one of the best people to talk about those individual drills too, because as a former coach, like you can actually, you know, really, I guess, dissect those drills and kind of like, you know, zone in on it a little bit, a little bit more than I can, uh, for example, um, I would say to start out like Jack did from just the overall camp experience, it was good. Um, I kind of compared it, and I think Dangle and Logan, you guys might get this. You know, Gobert's, like Gobert's Farm, Gobert's Pumpkin Patch. I do not. No. Oh, okay. Well, Jack's the only one that can relate. I do. This. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so there's there's two. Uh, there's like a t- big farm out in Pinger Grove. Like it's it's so massive. Pick pumpkins. They have attractions, all of that, and then there's this really small one in Barrington, where it's like basically just you know a quarter, not even of the size of the actual farm. And I'm like, you know what? This is kind of like Gobert's like A was the big farm. Everybody could go out there. Everybody could have a good time. And now they just kind of reduced it to a little bit here like they do in Barrington, but it was still fun. Like there was still a lot to do, uh, a lot of great sites and who doesn't like to go to Hellas hall. Um, so to kind of build off what Jack was saying, yeah, I didn't really see many wild moments either. Um, We were right in front of the end zone. So we were hoping to see a little bit more action in the red zone during those drills. There wasn't a lot of success for the offense, especially the first team offense. One thing I noticed in particular was that Justin Fields was really locking on to Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney almost exclusively. And it was a little bit Worrisome, you know, because obviously those are the two guys that he has the most uh, chemistry with at this point, but there was one play and actually Jack got a great video of it. Nikhil Harry before the ankle injury, obviously was wide open in the end zone and Justin Fields was rolling. Right. Could have had him for like two to three actual seconds and instead tried to force the ball into Darnell Mooney when he was easily covered on the sideline. And so you kind of just want to see him go through. He was going through his progressions, but he's maybe not seeing the field as well, or, you know, just seeing some of his targets as well as he could be, but it's still pretty early in camp. He's still got to build that chemistry. I really liked that they were working on scrambling drills with him. We saw um, one drill in particular, just quarterback rollouts and quarterback sneaks, like running it up the sidelines, which I think was pretty unique. So that was good to see that they're really trying to embrace that athleticism from Justin Fields. And um, I mean, the, the other big takeaway I had was I went to one practice last year and it was one of the lightest practices during the Matt Nagy era. And there was a ton of standing around. There were actual like full breaks where the team would just fully break for a few minutes and then come back to drills. And then as you probably know, on Friday's practice, it was what, many players are calling one of the hardest practices they've ever had. So just seeing the stark diff, uh, contrast with what Nagy was doing versus what Fluce was doing was really telling. And you could see guys were going hard. I mean, uh, David Montgomery and Eddie Jackson were kind of teed up at one point, like they were getting after it. I thought Ejax actually showed some good effort uh, once the ball was snapped. <laughs> um, he was kind of, you know, walking around a little bit beforehand thinking that, uh, you know, oh, this is my fifth camp or sixth camp. I know, I know what I'm doing here. Um, but when the action, when the ball was snapped, I thought he made some pretty good plays, but, um, yeah, overall, I mean, it was, it was a tough, hard practice. Um, yeah, just not some of those like big, sh- like wow moments, like Jack was talking about, unfortunately. You guys can't see this, but
4: when Brendan's talked about E effort, it looked like Jack was eating a bag of lemons.
0: <laughs> it's hard to hear that line.
1: I, I have this far side cartoon up in my office and it's it depicts hell and there's this guy like with this wagon full of like fire and coals and he's just whistling. He's just whistling down there in hell. And the the two guards are the guardians are like, I don't think we're getting through to this guy. Right? Like the guy's just down there enjoying the heck out of hell and I I always think about when somebody's like not quite getting the memo or the message that that was Eddie Jackson to me at practice. I just thought all that crispness and d- discipline and moving from Jill to Jill that I talked about and uh, this change in the atmosphere he just he looks like he thinks he's arrived he j- I he just doesn't look like he got the message yet and I don't know I, I would not be surprised if his play continues to be, poor and if something big happens in regards to eddie jackson that's not necessarily
2: positive for eddie jackson i I think his play was okay but i know what jack's really talking about is like and you could see it during the individual drills guys are lined up guys are getting going and he's just kind of like wandering over got his helmet off he's kind of like you know saying hi to the fans and everything like yeah i'll get ready when i want to get ready um and even when like during team drills, getting set, he was kind of like, you know, a little lackadaisical nonchalant, nonchalant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good word. I think when the ball was snapped, I saw some good effort and I saw some, you know, fighting him, especially again with David Montgomery, like those, there wasn't going to be a fight, but there was like a little, I'm getting in your face and I'm hitting you hard, trying to keep you out of the end zone. Um, But yeah, I I know what you're talking about. It's like just that, that guy, that that senior or whatever, who's just like, I don't need to do this Mm yet. I, I, let the let the young guys do this I'll get in when I want to get in
0: if that does continue to happen into the season the like the only I think opportunity for me that that presents which was something that I harped on a lot with Nagy is just okay how is Everflus gonna keep a guy like him held accountable so you hope that that doesn't continue into the season but I'm also interested in those types of situations where is he going to be able to hold a guy's feet to the fire, especially a veteran like that, who is going to probably apparently need it at times. Brendan Um, said it.
1: I mean, flu talks a lot about Hicks. So maybe, maybe we got the heir apparent in camp already.
4: Yikes. I got a question for dangle with it. And maybe you haven't come full circle yet. I know it's early, but with the reports at a camp about how flus is doing things much differently, um, how he's holding players accountable, how he's teaching players and developing. Are you feeling a little bit better about him as the choice of head coach?
3: Not necessarily, no. I think the the hard practices, I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing this injury list being 10 miles long. Um, and I I do I do wanna give credit where credit is due, Shells. I think you you've been like really consistent about talking about how they are teachers and they're teaching these guys. And it seems to be a running theme. Now is that the bears PR saying, Hey, keep saying that these guys are teachers, but it seems like it's genuine when you're listening to these guys say that. So, so I will give them that, but I, I, I'm trying really hard not to get nagged again, which means, you know, I'm not even going to like this first season I'll watch and kind of see it's about longevity Right. Like mm-hmm. there were certain things that we could see with Lovey Smith in his first year. You go, okay, I think this could be something, but I'm going to kind of reserve my thoughts. As it, we were all like bought in hook, line and sinker after 2018. Nagy is God's gift to football. And, you know, we just missed the obvious signs that he wasn't doing anything. It was, it was Vic Fangio's defense that was doing everything. So I'm, I'm not told yet. I'm not, I'm just not. So, but, but the roster has so many dang holes that I mean, I don't I don't know that you can give them a fair shake just yet.
0: I think this season is just going to be all about finding those smaller things because I think everybody kind of knows, generally speaking, what the results are sort of going to look like. Obviously, we can hope that it's not what we think, but it's like what Dangle said there. I think it's going to be trying to take a step back, try to find the smaller both positives and negatives within everything and sort of evaluate it from there and not drive ourselves completely crazy. Uh, Speaking of driving ourselves crazy, let's talk about Tevin Jenkins for a little bit. About a week ago, there were some rumors that the Bears were shopping the offensive tackle. And of course, very predictably, that was all downplayed. Uh, in terms of it was said there was 100% an injury. Tevin downplayed it himself. I think he even said something on Twitter in response to somebody. So what actually I should add now Tevin has practiced the last two days and he's been out there, not full full go or anything, but he is at least practicing. So honest question, what are we to make of this situation? And what are your expectations of Jenkins as we move toward the regular season? For this one we'll start with jack and we'll go to dangle Brendan, and shells
1: yes i get to go first boys you know what i thought about when this was going down and it was just one little phrase that uh, gets he used something to the effect of when tevin gets through this deal i think he said and i thought about Tariq cohen and i thought we didn't know anything that was going on in his life and 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 in retrospect properly so it wasn't our business and, and credit to the Bears for keeping his personal life personal. And I, I can't help but think that this is a similar situation. Um, I, I think I thought during the week that there was a chance that they were trying to shop him. Um, it does sound like there was legitimacy to the clashing that was happening with the coaches, but he seems to be healthy and he was moving fine and they haven't reported an injury. So I just wonder if there was something going on
3: in his personal life. I don't know what, it's all conjecture. I, I, Jack, you just kind of stunned me. Like that was a brilliant thought. It was a brilliant analysis and I don't think I can add anything to that. That That's a brilliant point. Thanks.
2: I do think Tevin Jenkins gets traded at some point. I think the trade rumors that came out are legitimate. They've come from multiple sources. Um, we talked a little bit about Peggy Kaczynski earlier and she had a really, really interesting interview on ESPN 1000. I believe it was on Friday, Thursday or Friday. And she said, not only were the trade rumors true that and they were a fact, but he also started to lose a little bit of support with even last year's regime, Brian Pace and Matt Nagy, AKA the regime that actually selected him. Because after he got the start in uh, Minnesota, his snaps decreased. And I remember at the time we were thinking, why is that? Why aren't they giving him a chance to earn playing time. And apparently there was something there. Um, I think there's, there's something going on. Maybe Jack, like you said, maybe it is something with his personal life. Maybe it is something as, um, as it's just, he's not able to connect with the coaches for one reason or another. And, um, I'm going to try to sum this up as quickly as possible. It's almost like if you have a job and you, uh, get that job based on a hiring manager and a department that you that they see something in you. You want to work for them, and then a year later they get canned or all of them leave, and a new department comes in. You're now reporting to somebody completely different, and you're a holdover. And for one reason or another, you're just not connecting it it may not be hostile it may not be like you know totally problematic but you see things differently and maybe that's kind of the case with tevin jenkins it's not necessarily clashing but it's just maybe some differences and that's i'm not saying that's happening it's just what could be a possibility but either way i think they're probably wanting to showcase him get him healthy and see what they can get for him at this point because it just kind of seems like two sides are are ready to move on. But I I hope I'm wrong because I really do think he's talented. I think what Cap said where he's like, he is the most talented lineman that they have according to his source. I do think that is accurate. I mean, the the raw potential is there. I just don't know if it's going to happen at this point. It's such an odd situation. And the worst part about it is that
4: it's leading to so much speculation. And the longer it goes without getting resolved one way or the other, it's going to, continue to be a distraction for the team. And and I think it's going to be more of a distraction as it goes on and on. So one way or another, it's got to get sorted out in a vacuum that this, this uh, period in camp of what was going on may not be the worst thing in the world, but then you start to piece things together. Like what Brendan said about the rumors from last year, you think back to what his college head coach said about, you know, you're the only person that can basically become that $40 million man, but you got to want it. Right. Uh, then you think about how we started OTAs was not on the first team. Your second round pick, who's supposedly your most talented offensive lineman um, begins OTAs and is not your presumptive favorite to, to at least have a shot at winning that position battle. That's odd. Um, they don't have a markdown as an injury. You know, he, then he comes back and, and the interview, to his credit, he stood up there and he answered the questions, but it wasn't like a ringing endorsement of the situation. Like he was ready to roll and and get out there and do his thing. And he got all the rumors about him getting traded. It's just eventually there's enough smoke there that you think there's got to be some kind of a fire, right? It can't, this can't be nothing. This can't be, you know, I, I know people want to think, oh, he's back. Everything's well in, in uh, Candyland. But you're you got your head buried in the sand if you think there's absolutely nothing going on in the background there's not some kind of an issue what it is we have no idea but there's something going on that that's causing this this spurious relationship between him and the staff and 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 the whole thing so i just hope it gets resolved sooner rather than later so it doesn't continue to grow and become more of a distraction
0: yeah. You stole my, it's a truly where there's smoke, there's fire. There's been just way too much stuff going on, but at the same time, Jack, I mean, what a reasonable actually thought outtake that there could be something going on that we don't know about. So I think that we give him sort of the benefit of the doubt for the time being, but I also am sort of in Brendan's camp, where at this point I just think that he will get traded before the season starts. Maybe him getting back out on the practice field now as the Bear is the Bears trying to be like, "Oh, look, everybody, like he's he's healthy enough; he's out on the practice field." Uh, does anybody want to take him off our hands? But nonetheless, I, I still would like to see him be a Chicago Bear week one. I just I think that there's plenty of reasons to be pessimistic about that situation. A former Bear, Alan Robinson, has been making, I wouldn't say news, but kind of noise in the Rams camp, making big catches and sort of being the Allen Robinson that I think we sort of got used to it at the beginning of his tenure with the Bears. But my question here is just, it's almost like this is like a Bears therapy session. How do you feel about the fact that you're hearing these good things about Allen Robinson? I know he's he's probably a good guy. He's obviously a very t- talented wide receiver, but it was such a a tough end to his tenure with the Bears. So your thoughts will go Brendan, Jack, Shells, and Dingle.
2: Kind of mad. And I knew this was going to happen too. And to all the Bears fans who are saying... You know what? We got rid of Allen Robinson. He was ass last season. This is a net positive. No, it's freaking not. We all know the type of player that Allen Robinson is. Last year was an outlier because of a number number of reasons, some of which are his own. He, we saw him dogging in some of those games. We also saw that Matt Nagy didn't talk to him for six months. and gave him the cold shoulder. And they clearly didn't want to get him and Justin Fields working together for one reason or another. So I was very confident that wherever he signed, he was going to have a bounce back season. He's still young. He's still a productive NFL player. And it's just one of those, like, it's yeah. You're just mad because you knew he has this type of, of ability. We wanted the bears to re-sign him going back to 2020. And again, everybody who said like, yeah, just let him walk. He's asked like, Just we knew this was going to happen with a new team. He's going to have new life. And now he's got a legit quarterback thrown to him. I mean, Matthew, going from a rookie Justin Fields to Matthew Stafford, who's just won the Super Bowl. I mean, we're all pretty high on Justin Fields, but that's that's a pretty good upgrade. So, um, yeah, just just mad.
1: Mad. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's hard not to just allow it to drum up all the the visor coach fury. I mean, seriously, I think probably as time goes on, it will be the epitome of his complete incompetence to not talk to your number one receiver for weeks at a time, to, to freeze him out, I suppose, to, to not include him in the offensive game plan in a major way. I mean, idiocy, complete idiocy. I don't know what role... Allen Robinson played in it, but let's, I mean, it was toxic. We know it was toxic and uh, it is a, just a a really still fresh example of the, just the the failure of the, of the Nagy regime. I hope he, I hope he does great. You guys know I wasn't always like super pumped about him being our number one, because I'm still waiting for us to have a D hop or, you know, somebody that you can really put in a number one role, but he was a pretty darn good receiver. I think As the year started last year, I think he was even working on trying to catch and get some yak yards, and I appreciated that about him. But then he just didn't really catch any more footballs,
4: and that sucked. How do I feel? Uh... (laughs) 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 I made a lot of inappropriate (laughs) charges in a really short (laughs) amount of time that you can't Mm -hmm. see, but I had to get that out, and uh, I feel a little bit better. But I'm still mad. I'm really, really pissed. I think you guys said it perfectly. I'm mad at everything. I'm mad at the way Nagy handled it. I'm mad at the way uh, they didn't, well, maybe they did. And we just don't know about it, but it doesn't seem like they made a real strong effort to try to bring him back. Maybe that relationship was irreparable and it wasn't worth it. I'm mad at Alan Robinson for quitting on the team last year and for not being an adult and a professional, despite the issues with the coaching staff, like you're still, you've got, 21 other guys out there that you're you should be accountable to and the rest of the roster and you should be playing hard for them uh i'm just mad at it all because i think he could be really good in this offense i think um he would be a, a great safety net and a security blanket for justin fields um i'm just i, I am really mad and and it, it irritates me to see the kind of effort he's showing on those plays in camp and think like hey where was a little bit of that last year to help out uh,
3: your teammates? So that 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 kind of pisses me off, to be honest. When's the last time that all of us were this unified in how we mm-hmm. felt about something? It's it's imagine twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen Allen Robinson with Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and Justin Fields. That's a damn good receiving core that I feel like really excited about, and I, I just wonder. Is this just because of Nagy? Uh, is it Ryan Pace at all? Because it just seems like that, you know, for all the bad feelings I've had about this new regime thus far, I feel like they are really trying to do things the right way. And if he had, didn't have last year, if if Ryan Pace had done the right thing and fired Nagy when he should have fired him, then, then maybe we're having a very different conversation. You go, hey man, you know what? Like, sure, you know, Equinamius St. Brown is going to be good, but at least we have Mooney and we have A Rob, but we don't. And I'm sad. You guys are mad. I'm sad.
0: Yeah, on both of those things. I think the second that it was obvious in a game last year that Allen Robinson did not want to be there, I was done because as a person who has been on a competitive team with other people who, very obviously did not give a single crap about anything. Nothing in the world makes me more mad than that. So I don't hope anything bad for Allen Robinson. I think that he's going to have a phenomenal year because like Jack said, maybe he's not that true. Number one. Well, he's not going to have to be because you have the best wide receiver in the NFL alongside you and Cooper cup. So I think he's going to have a very big statistical year feel about that however however you might but now the main event boys of what i have planned for you which i am very very excited about i am very excited to see where everybody goes with this what i have is the first inaugural chicago bears fantasy draft what we will be doing today is we will be drafting a team of chicago bears players The eligible period is from 2010 to the current team. Each of your four teams, I will not be participating because I would have had a leg up. Each of your four teams will consist of one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver and two defenders, two defenders of any kind. They could be a cornerback and a defensive lineman. You could choose two cornerbacks two pass rushers whatever. So again I will repeat one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver and then two defenders of your choosing. So, okay, questions, shells what do we got.
4: Yeah, I can the does it have to be a wide receiver?
0: Can it be a, a We'll we'll it say a we'll say we'll, see, it we'll, see, a catch, we'll say wide receiver tight end, yes.
4: Wide receiver, okay. Is yes, this PPR?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go full point PPR. We're going to go. Yeah. But we will be doing a a snake draft to try to make this as fair as possible. Now I picked, I, I went in yesterday to a machine on the internets, which chose a random draft order. So do not think that I'm being mean here. Did you what, hear what that? that, Chiguru? Did you hear that, Chiguru? I,
2: I, I'm sorry. I pulled it out of a hat and showed you guys live as we were <laughs> doing it. I mean, you know I also, this guy's guy saying he's already done it.
3: It's just the space, <laughs> the amount of time I had to edit down. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. No, yeah, no I fair, had to make fair. it fair.
0: I also very much just could be lying, but you guys all have to trust me that I'm not. So before I introduce the order, you will each have a minute per pick. So we will do five, or five rounds. Four teams. Again, I'm out of it. So here is the order. Again, randomized. Number one, Brendan Shagru will be leading us off. With the second overall pick, Patrick Sheldon. With the third overall pick, Ryan Dangle. And with the fourth overall pick, who will get the snake, Jack Wright. Oh, what? Gentlemen. I'll get the what now? The (laughs) The skin flute.
4: I'm glad I didn't get the fourth pick. That sounds awful. (laughs)
0: Hey, it's my takeover, Shelser. I can do whatever I want right now. Is that off camera,
4: I assume? I'm not going to get to see that, (laughs)
0: All right, gentlemen, any questions? Any more questions before we start? Okay, I will keep track of the timer. I will write down the picks. And then at the end of it, I figure once the podcast is out, we can have listeners vote on which is the strongest team, which I'm very excited for. Okay, as Roger Goodell, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2022 Chicago Bears Ooh. 2010 to President Fantasy Draft. Ooh. On the clock, Brendan Chagru, you are up.
2: This is really hard. I kind of, again, like,
0: like with the coaches
2: draft, I didn't want to be first because I kind of want to let the board fall to me. And I'm between two players, but I have to go with my heart. And I think nobody's going to be surprised when I say this name at wide receiver, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall was one of the best wide receivers. He had one of the best wide receiving seasons of all time in 2012, where he had over 1500 yards, double digit touchdowns. He is In my opinion, I I think it's, I don't think it's arguable, but some people might. I think he's the best Bears wide receiver in team history. He was a monster and I love that he's on my team. Just throw it up. That dude's going to come down and get it. His tenure in Chicago wasn't long enough, but boy,
0: was it awesome when he was there. With the second pick, Patrick Sheldon, you are on the clock.
4: Thank you, Brendan, because he's going to absolutely destroy your locker room by week three. Uh, so I am going to take, <laughs> I'm going to take Matt Forte. I'm going to run up to the, I'm going to run up to the podium as fast as I humanly can. And I'm going to smash the table for Matt Forte. You want a great receiver? Huh? How many, how many catches he had that year? hundred, what was 104? Something like that. Uh, best running back in our lifetime. Uh, well, most of our lifetimes. I know we were we little when uh, Walter Payton was running around, um, but phenomenal. He's just w- one of the most well-rounded offensive players the Bears um, have had, which <laughs> isn't saying much, but you put him on any team and he would have been successful. He's he's like, a, um, he reminded me a lot of Marshall Falk just in the way that he was such a versatile running back out of the backfield, catching the ball, running the ball. Um, I'm so glad I got Matt Forte, I
0: didn't think this
2: was possible. That's the one
0: between. I was going to say, I thought he was going to go number one overall. Nonetheless, third overall pick belongs to Ryan Dangle. You are on the clock.
3: My whole strategy is just thrown out the window. I thought somehow, some way I could get him, you know, because there's two defenders, I guess I'm going to go with a defender and I'm going to pick Khalil Mack. When that dude was healthy. He wrecked games. I mean, he, he, he made the 2018 season happen, so I'm going Khalil Mack.
0: Very good pick. Fourth, and with two consecutive picks, we have Jack Wright.
1: Man, oh man, I'm the worst at this. You guys have such a great memory for these players. <laughs> 2010 to the present, you said. Uh, I
0: also like that no quarterback has gone off the board yet. Well, I mean. Obviously.
1: Who are you going to take, right? I mean. True. There's nobody, Brian Hoyer, that comes to mind, really. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take, I'm going to take Brian Urlacher.
0: Good pick. Okay, and you may take your time, but for your second here pick, here I
1: am trying to think of a potent offensive weapon on the Bears. Uh, okay, so the next guy who produced at any level of a I
0: I like it because there eventually will be some players taken that weren't probably that good. Does anybody have
1: a cue going already? Anybody I know like, I had a minute, right? You said I have a minute. I have. A yeah, Q. yeah. I, you're
0: good. I, Thirty-five seconds.
1: I just think you guys are gonna you guys are gonna crush me at this. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm going to take with this the fifth pick. Yes. Fifth pick. The 2022 Bear Down Chicago Bear podcast. I'm going to take uh, Alshon Jeffrey,
0: wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey. Next up on the clock. Ryan dangle with Alshon Jeffrey off the board, the second wide receiver.
3: I got to thank Sheldon for this one because we said wide receiver tight end and he was still on the bears roster in 2010. I'm taking tight end Greg Olson.
0: Great pick next up coming back to Patrick Sheldon, who started his draft off with Matt Forte.
4: Yeah, and uh, that's exactly who I wanted to get. So you stuck it right back in my craw there, Dangle. Uh, you're welcome. You also took the guy I wanted. But just anyway, hey <laughs> <Hey-o>. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go with the other uh, tight end and Martellus Bennett.
0: Ooh, okay. Went earlier than I thought. Tight end Martellus Bennett is off the board. Back to Brennan Chagru, who has two picks.
2: Oh, boy. It's tough. Um, All right. You know what? I'm going to take the obvious one first. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who should have won defensive player of the year in 2012, Charles Peanut Tillman. Talk about a cornerback. He punches the ball out. He gets interceptions. He can do it all. So he's one of my defenders. And then on the wraparound,
3: man. Don't say it,
2: shells. Don't. Just because you think it. (laughs) I said rap. Uh Rap. Rap. Rap.
3: Rap. We're family ish.
2: Rap. Rap. Screw it. I don't care. Cutler to Marshall, baby.
0: Do it. Back. Jay Cutler is teamed up with Brandon Marshall with the first pick in the third round
2: locker rooms guys it's about scoring points me
0: dry heaving just for those sure is sure is the first quarterback is off the board that's the beginning of third round with the second pick in the third round we are going to patrick sheldon who currently has matt forte and martellus bennett
4: all right so i am uh mm, i got two defenders i don't know which one to go with right here i'm probably gonna go with the guy who I think would have the biggest impact. And that's the uh, edge rusher, Julius Peppers. Good pick. Very nice that's pick. Very nice choice. pick.
0: All right. Ryan Dengel, your third round selection. Ryan Dengel has defensive end Khalil Mack and tight end Greg Olson.
3: I mean, I've, I've got to get a David Montgomery running back.
0: Okay. All right. I believe that is the first current day Chicago bear off the board. David Montgomery with the third pick in the third round that heads to Jack to finish off the third round and start the fourth. Jack currently has linebacker, Brian Erlacher and wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey.
1: I'm going to take running back Jordan Howard.
3: Good choice. Very Nice
0: pick. Very nice pick. And now to start the fourth round.
1: I'm going to take my second wide receiver, A-Rob.
0: All right. Allen Robinson is off the board. We go to Ryan Dangle with his fourth pick.
3: The Chicago Bears' second-best quarterback in that time.
0: This is what I was excited for. Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky is off the board. The second quarterback Ryan Dangle has found his quarterback of the future with Mitchell Trubisky. We are going to Patrick Sheldon for his fourth pick.
4: This is one of those picks where I, I don't, I I need a quarterback, but I don't think, um, I don't think the guy I'm thinking of is going to get snagged. So I am going to round out my defense with, uh, Lance
0: Briggs, everybody. Very Blinder. good choice. Honestly, good choice. pretty surprised he lasted that long. Lance Briggs off the board. We the first time to... I've
4: heard that, Logan. Hey,
0: Hello. we are full of them today. Full <laughs> of them, baby. <laughs> to finish off the fourth round, Brendan Chagru. He's got Brandon Marshall, Charles Simmons, and Jay Cutler.
2: I think I know where you're going for quarterback, Sheldon. And if you do that, I respect the hell out of it. I'm going to go running back. And I think it's a name that might fly under the radar, uh, Tariq Cohen, All right, special teams and offensive potential. Good choice. There.
0: Tariq Cohen going off the board. All right. And now we are starting our fifth and final round with Brendan Chagru. So I
2: got help in the secondary for my final defensive player. I'm going to go on the defensive line and pick. I'm going to make, I'm going to get a fan out of this one. I think I'm going to get Heidi's vote. I'm getting a Hicks.
0: Akeem Hicks off the board to Patrick Sheldon for his fifth and final selection.
4: So I'm gonna, I gotta snag my quarterback, and I'm going to pick who I thought was the second best quarterback of of that. Period. Not Mitchell Trubisky, but one savvy veteran, Josh McCown. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, ho, ho. <laughs> Josh McCown. I knew it. Well played. Off I just need, hey,
4: I just need a couple of heaters from him.
2: I, you know, I mean,
0: yeah. it's all he was hot in for. November
2: and December. That's, yeah. uh, you know, that's prime fantasy playoff. Yeah. Time. Give me McCown. I don't care.
0: Now we are going to go to Ryan Dengel for his fifth pick.
2: While he
3: was here. He was a great cornerback. Sure, he didn't get the interceptions, but I thought he was just solid. Kyle Fuller. All right.
0: Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller. And now we go to Jack for the Chicago Bears fantasy draft, Mr. Irrelevant, who is hopefully slightly relevant. Okay, and due to technical error that I'm going to blame 99% on Jack Wright and 1% on myself as being Roger Goodell, he screws up. He screws up, okay? This is why he gets booed. Jack accidentally picked two wide receivers, so what we are going to need from Jack is a quarterback and another defender, and we are going to take Allen Robinson off your team. So, Jack, your final two picks.
1: Fair enough. I'm going to take the quarterback of the future, Justin Fields, at my quarterback selection, and I'm going to take the linebacker of the present and future, Roquan Smith.
0: All right. All right. Not a bad end to that draft. So, to recap, I'm going to read through everybody's teams. All you listeners out there, you can sit and silently judge. Brendan Shiguru, his team consists of wide receiver Brandon Marshall, Charles Tillman, Jay Cutler, Tariq Cohen, and Akeem Hicks. That's a damn good team. Not too bad. Not too bad. Patrick Sheldon. He has running back Matt Forte, tight end Martellus Bennett, edge rusher Julius Peppers, linebacker Lance Briggs, and the ever-powerful quarterback Josh McCown. (laughs) Okay, that's a team. That, that is, is a, a team. Very good
2: team. Does that's Patrick Sheldon team. hate Justin Fields because he picked Josh McCown over him?
0: <laughs> Why is is Josh McCown better than Justin Fields? You know, People I was going to say him. Jack is
2: going to. I think Jack's going
4: to win this poll because he's going to get a lot of the the uh, recency bias, a lot yeah. of the you know. We will um, see. I love Field. You know I love Field. <laughs> no, so I know. Going I'm just, off a of past performance. Sure you do. There's not just much wait till the, way up till up the there, Twitter
1: so. trolls get a hold of you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Dangles' team consists of edge rusher Khalil Mack, tight end Greg Olson, running back David Montgomery, quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, and cornerback Kyle Fuller. Like that team. That's a good squad.
3: The fact that I took Mitch over Justin Fields, I'm an idiot.
0: That's tough. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. It's okay. Hey, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. He could be I good. Mean, Probably of, not, pro- though.
1: In terms of production, like on the list of, I mean, he's,
4: he's pretty high. Yeah. Statis- st-
3: statistically speaking, he he's, yeah, he's towards the top. I thought we were
4: going That's off true. of production, not not building for the future. We're yeah. not We're going to leave that it's up just to just the listener. They can,
0: yeah. they can do whatever they want. <laughs> this is
3: not it. a dynasty team. I, I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm
0: screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and the fifth, or excuse me, the fourth and final team, Jack Wright has linebacker Brian Erlacher, wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey, running back Jordan Howard, quarterback Justin Fields, and linebacker Roquan Smith. And that will round out the first inaugural 2022 Chicago Bears fantasy draft. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. Well done. Especially just having, having the, the foresight to pick. Quarterbacks. I don't know. We we haven't had many of them. So, so there's that. So I can't wait to see who wins that one. But before we get out of here, we got a couple more things. We are going to go to Jack Wright for Jack's question of the week.
1: Okay. Uh, I will give you – I'm going to give you two options because I love you guys quite a bit. If you could be any one cartoon character, who would you choose and why? Or – Second question, if you could trade places with anyone for one week, who would you trade places with and why? Shells, and then we're going to go Brendan,
4: Logan, Ryan, me. Yeah, th- this, these are two great questions. and I hope we bring, I, I kind of, I like them both and I, I want to answer both, but I won't. I'll answer the cartoon one because that was the first one he asked. And I think I'm going to go Sterling Archer. I, and oh, I did. I did. Oh, I that was. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was good. Uh-oh. That was my. Yeah, he's uh, I mean, you know, he's got he's got everything. He's got adventure. He's got romance. He's he's a comedic genius. Uh, You know, what else do you need? He's got a little bit of everything in his life. And despite his ineptitude, of which I have a lot, uh, he never seems to find himself in any real serious danger.
2: Um, So I'm going to go Sterling Archer. Brendan was so mad.
1: Go ahead, Brenna. That was that was you the got...
2: first like obvious one that stuck out to me, too. That's that was well done. Okay. I do want to answer the cartoon character. Um, you know what? I'll I'll just say for cartoon character, I'll say Rainy Marsh, just because I love Rainy Marsh and I think that'd just be hilarious to be part of South Park. And you know what? I'll give you a bonus answer for the who would I trade places with for a week um i'll trade places with aaron Rodgers, so i can do all the drugs i can for a week and not have any consequences whatsoever (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well played friend oh man all right i i am going to go with spongebob squarepants because i grew up spongebob was uh, he was my childhood he lives right around all of his friends He lives in a pineapple. This is just going to start to be me just strictly, just literally listing things about SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of cartoons, but SpongeBob has a pretty good life. There's a a level of like naivete to his life that I think that I would strive for on a day-to-day basis. So I'll go with SpongeBob SquarePants. He loves his job too. He does. Hey, I do too. There you go. Yeah, it works.
1: I must've just completely whiffed on that. I, I, the, the SpongeBob love is strong amongst oh, yeah. your your generation. I, I think it was yeah. before yeah.
2: your time or it, after yeah. your time. It was, after,
3: yeah, 100% after my time. What do you got, Ryan? Ryan Reynolds. Um, first of all, like, uh, in, in a very serious note, he has an insane motorcycle collection that is just out of this world. And just to have the money and the resources that he has, his wife blake lively is an attractive woman i'm 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 not gonna go two ways about that we'll just just we we will say that she is an attractive woman uh and you know just uh it'd be a chance to see what it would be like to uh to be in the movies something like that i think that would be kind of fun you know just to see what it's like is it actually fun or is it just a miserable job um uh, so yeah that's it I'd like to see what his life is like
1: i've always thought that he you're a bit of a doppelganger to ryan reynolds to be honest with you already i think so i think you do a good deadpool crush it
3: (laughs) thanks dude yeah no way no way no how
1: i'll go i'll go quick on both so uh looney tunes the roadrunner uh i would be the roadrunner i loved all things fast all things speed and he would just give out the beep beep and then run right by E coyote every time and uh loved it i think i would i think i'd be tom brady I think I'd be Tom Brady. I think I would want to be the pick. best cornerback to have ever played the game with one it's of great the pick. most gorgeous supermodels to have ever lived on earth. And uh, yeah, I would be Tom Brady.
0: That's a great pick. That is a phenomenal pick. All right. We are going to move into our shout outs for the week. So boys, this time we are going to go shells, Jack, Brendan, dangle, and then I will finish things up. All right. Thanks, uh, Logan. I got, first of
4: all, Great, great episode. I know everybody's going to shout you out, um, so I will shout you out <laughs> first because that's my right as going first. You did a tremendous job. I really enjoyed this, so um, wonderful job with the takeover. Uh, my other shout-outs are going to go to uh, uh, a guy that I recently started following. I, I caught a lot of his threads coming out of camp, and I thought he did an awesome job. He's at Weston Wields one Trent Um, Just incredibly fair and balanced reporting. He reports the way in which I'd like a lot of the beat reporters to report. Give me like, give me substance. Um, he gives you things that went well things that didn't go well. He breaks it down from a technical perspective. Uh, I just thought his, his threads were like must read. So if you're not following him, uh, I don't know if he plans on going back to camp or how much more, but it's worth going back and reading his, his old threads. Cause I thought they were really good and really fair. So um, thanks for that content. Because uh, we know we're not getting it from the B-roll footage the Bears put out. Uh, and then my my last shout out uh, is like a, a, a two for one. Greg Braggs, I didn't know you had a twin brother uh, who was a Chargers fan. But now I'm wondering, you know, we, we saw that letter from uh, George McCaskey in which he signed it bolt up to a quote unquote Bears fan. But uh, there is a, a Twitter uh, follower of mine, John Waz Jr. He's at zone 85 who looks an awful lot like Greg Braggs and is in a Chargers jersey. So I'm wondering if that fan that George McCaskey wrote to some time ago uh, was actually Greg Braggs, who is a uh, closet Chargers fan. Do we have a conspiracy on our hands, it's Greg? Shels, right? you, you did also say he's a junior, too, right? I, I don't know. Yes, he is.
2: is Interesting.
4: Uh, is, hmm. What do you, what do you got there, Brendan? Do you, have I mean, Greg Bragg's junior. Right.
3: H- have we ever seen them in the same place? The same I time? don't think we
4: have. I think we've got a full fledged conspiracy us. on our hands, guys, a full fledged conspiracy. And I want to get to the bottom of it. We'll have to get them on here and uh, flesh this one out. So
1: Friday was a really fun day for me. Besides going to the you know, bears camp with Brendan Later in that evening, I just kind of on a whim joined a a Twitter spaces with uh, the Kieran and the Irish Bears show guys. And, you know, I think the real Greg, Greg Braggs Jr. I think it was the real one was on as well and had a great conversation. So I went from about 600 some Twitter followers to over 1000 in about, I don't know, 36 hours or so. And so I have pretty much everyone to think, Let, let's face it, I am just drafting off of you guys. I am writing your coattails. Uh, I'm using you to launch myself into global, uh, well, local, local celebrity, we'll say. Uh, so very thankful for everybody that is a new follower of mine on Twitter. As you know, I am a noob like no other when it comes to Twitter, but I really did and I wanted to just really quickly say, if that number was zero followers, I would still love this. I mean, I'm thankful for all the followers. I'm thankful to, to Greg and all of you guys for promoting and, and retweeting. But if it was zero, I would still be like, we're talking about the bears. I get to go to bears camp. I get to hang out with Logan, Shells, RD, Brendan, all of these great people. I'd still do it. And I'm not even, not even kidding. Uh, real recognizes real. So, I've got to think out, uh, I've got to shout out uh, Greg Braggs Jr. Uh, He's Greg Braggs Jr. 23. Uh, He pretty much (laughs) shouted me out, and then my phone about set itself on fire as it was like buzzing off the hook. Um, And then the Irish Bears show. Some of these are folks that we've thanked before, obviously, but just specifically this past, like I said, 36, 48 hours, they've been especially kind to me. Uh, adam rank retweeted uh and and heidi did so uh just thanks to to my bears family it just got a lot bigger and i'm very thankful
2: uh you know what i'm gonna keep it going with the greg bragg's love uh i was supposed to go to camp today uh before mother nature decided to literally rain all over it um because greg bragg's jr had an extra ticket and i hit him up and he uh graciously gave it to me so um you know gotta thank him just a man of the people um, like Jack said, I mean, really trying to spread the bears love. Um, and then Friday after camp, uh, while Jack was just taking over Twitter, um, I was able to join, uh, Lester Wiltfawn and Jeff Burkis from the Windy City Gridiron for, uh, their podcast to recap camp and honest to God, those two are two of my favorites. I think Lester's one of those, like. Writers that has been doing this for like it feels like 10 years now. Um, he's been with Winnie City Gridiron forever. He's like one of the godfathers of Bears bloggers, um, and just the nicest guy. So shout out to Lester Wiltfawn and Jeff Burkis. Uh just appreciate you guys uh allowing me on to share my training camp ram- ramblings. And then uh while we were at camp, uh I got to meet a follower that um I enjoy, Duke Coughlin. So uh, shout out to that pod guy, Duke. We cheers over to um we cheered over to some Deja Blues uh which were not as bad as I remembered.
3: Uh so I've got four shout outs that I want to give. The first two go to Ryan McHugh and Michael Gus uh who on last week and I just listened to that episode again and it was just so nice to hear them break down offensive line which is something that most of us do not get amped up or excited for really very much at all, unless, you know, we're we're pissed off that they're not blocking the way that we think that they should be. Uh, but it was neat to to hear them get excited and to kind of break down that position for us in, in a really meaningful and substantive way. Um I also want to shout out uh Pill, uh John Pill who is a friend. He's literally been listening since we started the bear down report and stuck with us through this whole thing. And he really every single time we, we get together, he talks about, well, you guys said this and you said this. And I was like, dude come on the pod at some point he's like oh i don't know and he did and i thought he did a great job and it was just it was fun to have him on the show uh just to to help us out through the whole thing and the last one is his twitter handle is jake from state farm he's at Perry p-a-r-r-y underscore f-f dude's really funny we've had some really good back and forth and uh he's got a really good podcast about drinking beer so you should check it out um and shout out to you oh and Logan Bradley, you crushed it, dude. Yes.
0: Yes, Thank you. Thank you. Um, my shout out is a little bit more serious this week. So I, you know, I, I, I'm don't really hold back. I'm honest with everybody, I think. And I will be honest with the listeners just for the purpose of kind of shouting out people who, you know, mentally are having a tough time who aren't used to it. So me, I've been dealing with a lot of things lately, personally. Um, And it has been a tough time. So I have been lucky enough my whole life to be really good mentally, have a phenomenal support system, phenomenal family. But the truth of it is that life happens and sometimes there's some really tough things that happen that you have to fight through. So I think as somebody who has sort of again, like I said, been good their whole life and run into something like this, I think it's important to kind of say something to just, you know, I the listeners out there, there might be one person there might might be two, there might be none, but if you're somebody who is going through something or is having a hard time and maybe it's not something that you're used to, um, you you stay the course and just keep showing up every day and and keep trying to be better and try to surround yourself with a lot of good people like I have been lucky enough to do. Um, I love each of the guys on this podcast. Specifically, Dangle has has been insane in supporting me uh, these past couple of weeks. And then Jack gave me a book recommendation that honestly has been. More helpful than I really could have imagined. So I think just more a shout out to those two guys, and then just a shout out again to to anybody who might be having a hard time because stuff sucks sometimes. It, it really does, but but life will go on, and there's going to be very good days, and there's going to be bad days. So keep fighting through it, and uh, and and every every day I'll try to make every day better than the last. So thank you to you guys, and and just shout out to to anybody out there. So. That's uh didn't mean to, to bring it down there at the end, but, um but that was, that was my shout out this week. So everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sitting through my takeover. I apologize for all of the mistakes that I've made. I apologize for, I'm just kidding. Ryan Dangle is shaking his head. I don't actually apologize for anything, anything <laughs> at all. Anything at all. I was no, but perfect thank you and guys. I know it. I was. There's there's let's not joke around about it. I was I was I was I was perfect. But that was a lot of fun, guys. Great job with the draft. For Ryan Dengel, Brendan Shagru, Jack Wright, and Patrick Sheldon. I'm Logan Bradley. Thank you so 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 much for listening. And as always, bear down Chicago.